live from Pattern Recording Studio. It's the one and only Tapers Podcast. So today we have the one and only producer, engineer, songwriter, extraordinaire, Thomas Rojo. What's up? How you doing, man? What's up, boys? I'm happy to be a part of your podcast. Very stoked. Very, very stoked. We got Caesar too. I'm here, too. Mm-hmm. Hanging out in the studio. Yeah, we're here live from this beautiful studio here in Mid-City, Pattern Recording Studio, Thomas's great spot here it's got we're in the what room is this the we're in the control room the control room yeah. and there's like a vocal room here there's a like a live band room it's really cool and uh we've, d- we've done some recording in here too yeah yeah we recorded here and thomas was cool. nice enough to invite us to record this show here today and it was an offer we couldn't refuse. So thank you for having us. Yeah, man. You guys are right down the street. So I yeah. thought might as well keep the community really close to each other. I mean, what do you guys like? Less than a mile away? Yeah, we're super mm-hmm. close. We're just down the bridge. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's it's great how uh, we're trying to like build that community, you know? like Yeah, there's, there's definitely like a lot of music stuff going on in this area. But it's just like, it's just so low key, though. Like, you can't really tell, but you can, there there's stuff going on, though. For sure. In the underground. Yeah. Most yeah. of it's hip-hop, you know? Like, uh, it's Crenshaw, essentially. Yeah. And there's so much musical history as far as hip-hop goes, but, you know, we've been uh, we've been all a part of this resurgence of this kind of uh, indie rock, raji, yep. uh, beautiful rock culture that we want to bring back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I know you did tell me, like, this studio is part of, like, a group and there's been like really cool artists coming through uh mm-hmm. like who did you say like miguel's brother yeah yeah i yeah. know there's just one but there's like so many uh not only rock but like hip-hop r&b artists that come through to this collection of studios here that uh just really i think indicates like it's a poppin' spot, but a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, and, and I mean, from the outside looking in, it's just, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, like, do not mess with this area, because it's just, I feel like it's just the large roads, there's people just passing by here on their commutes for the most part, other than that, like, the sidewalks are empty, and then you got a couple crackheads here and there. Yeah, <laughs> The couple is actually uh, dozens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, uh... Yeah, truth be told, like, earlier, we were, like, when we got here, we were, like, setting up the mics and everything. And uh, we noticed, like, Thomas, you were nice enough. There was a crackhead. I don't know. I don't It's not. A, I don't want to say crackhead, but I can't think of another name for it. Uh, I mean, he definitely was a crackhead, though. <laughs> yeah. He admitted to it, right? Yeah. Anyway, but he, he came in, and he was, you know, asking for whatever, drug money. And he was asking and, for drug money. Yeah. And, and uh, you were nice enough to give him, what, broccoli? <coughs> Some apples. Some apples. Yeah. Like, Water and cigarettes, baby. <laughs> That's my diet. Yeah. <laughs> Apples, broccoli, water, and cigarettes. So I thought, you know, if it works for me, it w- could work for a crackhead. <laughs> the four, the four doctors tips. hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I keep him away, but also keep him coming, baby. I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would if I was a crackhead. I wouldn't come talk to you anymore if you give me apples and broccoli That's every so time. So funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the crackheads are a different breed, though. Man, I was literally today driving. Uh, 
back from work, like, I'm just driving. Waze takes me on, on a, like, a weird road. It's not weird. It's, like, actually like a no- normal road, but it's... What street is it? I think it's oh, it's going north and south. I, I want to say it's Santa Monica Boulevard, but it doesn't sound like it, it should be. And, like, it sounds like a big road with lots of traffic, but for some reason, there wasn't a lot of traffic. And I see a tent and uh, a lady just standing up, like staring me down she's mm. she's just on the sidewalk and then this literally happened today as i'm driving uh she stares me down and i'm just driving and then she comes closer to my car trying to block and then she's I'm oh like, she tried to block you yeah she tried to block me so i so i turn and swerve a little bit to sort of clear her she follows my car and she's yelling at me like stop freaking drive it's not not that word but stop fucking driving down this road uh, <laughs> why she owns you don't the road, own the road. What? <laughs> what do you do and and like i'm just okay and i swerve and then she's like turn the fuck around turn around dude did you do it did you do it dude i did not want any part of that so i just turn around <laughs> and like I'd, I guess I, it is her road. Fight. I did not want to like deal with that. I just wanted to get here to this podcast. No way, dude. I did not want to deal with the shit. I mean, where were you coming from? I was coming from like the Valley Studio City mm-hmm. area. So it's just like. And this was over the hill, or it was. Uh, it was like it was definitely it was like under below the hill. Mm-hmm. It was like I want to say it was like near sort of not Koreatown, but like. Hollywood area, like ah, south, south Hollywood, of Hollywood, for sure. yeah. For sure. Well, you know, Thomas knows that we that we uh, hung out in Mexico City in December. Something I, I noticed out there was that, um, like, the police, like, do not tolerate, like, at all for, like, a lot of, like, drug addicts or just people to hang out on the streets that have no business being there, especially around, like, the tourist sites. Damn. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Like, don't you remember? Like, we, we would walk the no, streets. No, I remember the streets being super clean and nice. And, yeah, not a lot. At least where we went. Maybe um, just because it's a little more touristy. Yeah, but that's true. I guess since tourism is such a, like, huge attraction for yeah, Mexico. For sure. The cops are like, all right, none of you crackheads come mess yeah. with this because otherwise they're not coming back. You know, I went to this historic uh, ramate, in a sense. But it was like a uh, so like a swap meet flea market. Mm-hmm. But we, we actually played this really rinky-dink show in Mexico City at this uh, famous rock and roll ramate. And it was really strange because, you know, there was tons of cops there, but it was also huge. It was packed, you know, and all the, like, punk, dirty, grimy kids from Mexico City were all there. And it was a beautiful sight to behold. But, yeah, they're, like, this is uh, this is going to go against what you just said, but there were some people, <laughs> like, walking up to me and trying to sell me acid, crack, <laughs> oh, coke, yeah. like, yeah. meth everything just completely like flat out just even showing me they would open their hands and be like yo bro i guess we went to the wrong part of mexico city and dude i wanted i wanted to partake so much but at the same time i was like i don't know where any of these drugs are coming from because i leach just the acid i would eat the acid yeah there's there's no nutrition facts on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah Damn. Just a sheet of fucking nutrition facts, <laughs> and you just break off a piece. Just this crack. Yeah, I know. Produce like Anthony when he went to the restroom at a bar we were in in Mexico. Oh yeah. What happened? Um, it was this nice, pretty cool whiskey bar. Like it was like. Oh, the bars are so yeah, nice no, over the bars there, man. Are great. It was it was cool, and it was nice vibe. Like we were like, Caesar was like, you know what? Let's get let's try some nice whiskey tonight. And it's like okay. I was trying to live it. it up. Yeah, trying to live Fuck it up. Yeah, bro. City. So. Uh, I need to piss. Go upstairs and, you know, as I'm washing my hands, this this attendant lady, she's like, are you, she said in Spanish like something about fiesta, like 
Mm. You want to party tonight? <laughs> it took me like a few times to actually he's like. She had to actually say it in, in, in uh, English. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> you, I'm trying to party tonight. Uh, okay. Uh, what? Uh, no, yeah, I, said, I just said, no, I can't. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, I, I know why. It's because I didn't, I didn't know where it was coming from. You I did didn't want know to party, I though. Yeah, I, you did I, want to look at him. I mean, I was in the party mood, but I didn't want to. One of the consequences, you know, I'm in a foreign uh, yeah, country. Dude, I'm a, I'm a tourist. I'm, I don't know. I you still got like a sore thumb too, man. Yeah. So I was just, I, I didn't want to deal with any of that, but it was there. And yeah, I'd, I'd be too scared that I give them my money and then they just shank me and leave. Like, for sure. There's no guarantee they're gonna give me anything. Yeah. My buddy actually got um, our drummer. We had to hire a drummer, in Mexico City. So this beautiful, beautiful chick, um, that just like showed us all the ins and outs of like the music scene and, and uh, a CDMX baby. Uh, but my buddy was asking for weed, so she was like, I could get you some weed. And she also like was like, hey, do you want anything? And I was like, DMT? And she was <laughs> like, yeah, I could get you that. But they couldn't get it me, for me in time. But um, yeah, so he ended up getting this number, texted this number, and they sent him back a menu, like a full-on oh, wow. menu <laughs> with pictures, with prices, with strained details, like the whole shebang, just for weed. And obviously it was cartel stuff, but oh, it was yeah. super organized like and beautifully done. I was really surprised that that's how they work out there. But it is decriminalized. Pot's decriminalized right, yeah. in CDMX. Yeah. It is. I think you can have 10 grams on you without them caring. Yeah, they just yeah. care that if like if you're distributing, right? Like, yeah, I believe so, yeah. But 10 grams is a decent amount to be just like chilling with, you know? Mm. Like... Hey guys, I got ten grams. Are we gonna do this in <laughs> one night? You know, we're gonna smoke this all ten yeah, grams. Yeah. So you had, so that was your drummer, and you had shows down there. Yeah, yeah. How, how'd those go? Those went great. We had a we had a great time. The band was called Hispanic, and um, I'm not gonna mention names of the any of the drug partakers, but yeah, it's a great band. Uh, most of the guys are from Chile, and oh. uh, we're actually starting to get some steam in. Um, and CDMX. I unfortunately had to leave the band because I was just too busy, but right. they seem to be still doing pretty well. Um, oh, and I'm still playing to this day? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, you know, we're on good terms, and, you know, I record them still and, you know, still work together. It's all good. Yeah. Are they more like hanging out in Chile now? Uh, so I don't know if anybody's really heard about this much, but like Chile has been going through some kind of revolution where they're even, I think they are rewriting the constitution. Whoa. Yeah. As we speak? E, well, I don't know as we speak, but it's uh, right. definitely happening, I believe. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, the U.S. news is definitely not, yeah, not covering, the not covering that they, at all. But like the shit I've seen th in pictures is it's straight up like revolution, like fucking, you know, riots in the streets, like uh, violence in the streets, police, you know, citizen what? stuff. It's gnar. I'm going to check this out. Yeah, yeah, I, I know they they like they've definitely had their share of revolutions, right? Like, I think the he said my uh, buddy said the last one they had was fifty years ago where they yeah. rewrote the constitution, so they're doing yeah, it they again. They like became like full on socialists and stuff like that. I don't know what I was listening to recently, but I heard about some Chilean yeah. revolution. Yeah, the dramatic fall of Chile as Latin America's neoliberal role model. <laughs> yeah, just today, this this published today. Whoa. Yeah, dude, we're not hearing about this shit, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, and they're like, even the media, and this is gonna be conspiracy bullshit. We love conspiracies here. Uh, so the whole coronavirus shit, I really believe, is being downplayed. But we could get into that later. 
Let's well, we're, not, we're on the topic. Now, yeah. we, we, <laughs> well, on the topic. So everybody's pretty familiar with that uh, that video of the Chinese doctor, the Wuhan, uh, the Chinese doctor in Wuhan, and I believe she posted this video the twenty third of January, where she was mm-hmm. saying that uh, the Chinese government is lying about um, this whole thing and basically telling Chinese citizens to really just like not leave their house for Chinese New Year's at all and to really just be careful. And she cited that there was over 90,000 people infected. Now, this was the 23rd of January. And um, on, around that time, China had only said that maybe 4,000 people yeah. had gotten infected, mm-hmm. and she's citing 90,000. Um, I believe there's other videos of different doctors saying numbers similar around that time. But I'm pretty sure she had to like dark web that shit just to get that video out there. Oh, yeah, because they definitely have, like, a lot of censorship, right, when it yeah. comes to the Internet? so much censorship. I have this uh, this friend that contacted his uh, some girl he knows in China, and she was like, yo, everything okay out there? And this maybe was the uh, was late January, so maybe the 29th. Um, and she said, well, no, everything's fine over here. I hear, But she said, how's everything in the U.S.? I hear uh, there's this flu going around killing tons of people. So... I don't think she's getting the news. She's in a different part of China that's not the 56 Holy million crap. quarantined. And I don't think she's getting the news of what the fuck what? is happening in her own country. Oh and they're telling her that we have some crazy virus going on. Oh. <laughs> dude, 56 million quarantined. And that was a number from like last week, dude. Oh that's like... Yeah, how do you not hear about that? Yeah, like, that's like the West Coast, bro. Someone like the U.S. quarantined the West Coast, you know? Damn. That's insane. Like the cr- the censorship there is yeah man, it's like North Korea level. You're I'm on some yeah, conspiracy you're, you're, shit. No, by way. you know what? I've been waiting for the for like <laughs> the theories to start coming out because I was like, no. this is this is one of those things where the theories have to start coming out. It's literally out of a sci-fi novel. Like sure. there's quarantines. You know, there's yeah. this mega virus. Like I I uh, I saw like some meme. It's not a full-on conspiracy, but they're comparing a like the whole virus thing to like raccoon city and resident evil or something like that yeah yeah yeah. like umbrella corp the logo kind of looks like like the whatever the virus in like wuhan or whatever like whatever company is out there working on it or something so there's like multiple levels to this there is totally multiple (laughs) levels so this is uh my buddy that's also a conspiracy not dude and i haven't fact checked this information but he said that there is a human that there's a patent on the coronavirus that is man-made but i don't know how true that is there's also this like um bioweaponry lab three miles from where the outbreak started uh for the coronavirus mm. so a lot of people are citing that as the origin of where this virus mm. came out of but you know that's that's also just yeah you know fucking flat earth theory shit which i right. kind of am yeah. in there too yeah i mean so how's How's your health, though? Are you any? Are you in good? I know it's like kind of flu season. You see someone yeah, cough. Yeah, worst time like, for there to be oh, a coronavirus. Sorry. Like I got yeah. sick the same week, and I was like, "Fuck, I got the coronavirus." I mean, yeah. it's in LA, baby. Yeah. Um, well, my health is fine, man. You know, I got injured. Um, I must have been September fifth. So I was uh, was doing some uh, some activities <laughs> that I can't. Um, it was a bit bit adult. To say that basically I turned 
and my leg got caught in something. I turned, and everything under my knee, knee didn't turn with me. So a full, like, you know, 90 degrees was a turn, and, every, like, I just heard a big, large pop and a tear. And then, you know, my knee was 90 degrees, oh. you know, the wrong way. Um, and <laughs> it turns out I tore my meniscus and a bunch of other damage, uh, light MCL damage, but I'm not sure um, mm. exactly. All I know is I couldn't walk for a good month. And then uh, there was another two months before I had surgery. Damn, full-on surgery then. Full-on surgery, dude. They went in there. And then um, right now I'm doing physical therapy to try to get my life back together. Because holy shit, dude. How? I'm not walking for a month. Oh, yeah. I, I could, how uh, how far are you on track? Like, What's your status now? Um, They said last I got a status update was three weeks ago. And they said uh, two months to be like walking normally and being able to bend my leg oh. normally um and then a full four months for me to be able to run which i'm stoked i could you know they said yeah you're gonna be able to run again that's pretty wow. good yeah you know because i that's how i got a lot of exercise in is hiking and running and mm -hmm. you know i'd really like to get not fat no more well you know what they say you you need to walk before you can run <laughs> and run before you can fly <laughs> If so. my physical therapist told me that, I'd be like, you're terrible at inspiring me. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did, did, did you ever play drums? I mean, no. No, I didn't. I tried, just like everybody else. I could go mm. boom, boom, ka, boom, boom, ka. Yeah. You know, in basic rhythms, but I wish I did better. I was going to say, just because that, that would kind of suck, you know, if you're a drum player. And then oh, no, some for sort of sure, dude. Just, your performance yeah. would never be the same. Yeah, I had this really... So this really popular drummer, Um, he broke his ankle and shattered it i believe Ooh. but um it was his left ankle so just his hi-hat you know yeah. foot so he would and i'd even record him while he was recovering he had a cast and everything and he would uh play the drum set regularly but he couldn't bend his ankle so every time he'd have to open the hi-hat i'd see him lean back in his drum stool just to get that <laughs> open hi-hat oh, sound yeah. so like boom boom ka, boom boom and like he'd lean back for that. It was awesome. <laughs> Made it happen, man. Yeah, hey, you gotta gotta deal with what's uh, work with <laughs> what you got. So in in December, November, with uh, Ramon and I, we went out, and oh, we thought we were gonna be where? there. It was in a bar in downtown. It was like the one right next to the Telegram. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fucking Monty's, dude. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, place yeah. is sick, it was bro. Dope. It was dope. And I was uh. Talking with the guys, and I was like, "Where's Thomas?" He's like, "Yeah, he just got surgery like today." Yeah, the, yeah, was, I couldn't get make that yeah. show because I was having surgery. Yeah, luckily uh, we have two bass players, so that's the way to do it. You know, it's. <laughs> I mean, when we have two bass players going, it's fucking heavy. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was great, dude. It was me. an awesome show. Like I will say, like, man, was it good? I it was sick. It was Ramon and I had a really good time, and yeah. I was, I was. Dancing my ass off. It was really cool. You know who owns that bar is uh I don't know how to say his name, but Josh Hami uh, of Queen oh, of the Stone Age. Really? Oh yeah. crap, really? Yeah. So like they used to when Terragram opened, uh him or Eagles of Death Metal were playing Terragram like every month. Just fucking constant. Damn. Yeah. But yeah, because they own the bar next <laughs> right. to it. Sick, dude. That's so sick. 
Yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, so you've played like with War Toys since like the beginning? No, 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 no. Um, I recorded a record for them in October of, it must have been 2017. The record didn't get released until sometime in 2018, and they uh, parted with their bass player sometime in the middle of 20. I don't, I don't remember. Late 2018? I can't remember anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it hasn't been more than a year, I think, mm-hmm. since I uh, joined the band. But yeah. What, no, what style would you call them, Anthony? They're they're good old rock. I don't know. Like they're just solid. If you like rock music, you'll dig like that's the way i uh came out of that is like man you guys were sick and if you like rock music anything with guitar that i'll just <laughs> just anything with guitar no honestly it's just so good ever since i, I, I canceled my spotify premium i've been very bad at checking out new bands bro bands. spotify premium so lit though it's so <laughs> worth it i yeah i even though I it's awful even, for everybody that we <laughs> yeah no it sucks yeah. for us but man this is a great studio. I want to say we got the candle burning. We got the incense burning. Yeah, dude, vibes. We got the vibes going. And uh, Let's take a break. Yeah, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back Why? for a new segment. Okay. We're excited to announce and premiere a new segment on the podcast. It is the One Sip Worms. One Sip Worms. So. We are here with uh, a beer to try <laughs> beer. and to review. And Cheers, this baby. inaugural beer grab drumstick. is oh, that's called how I opened my beer Cerveza Mexicali. Yeah, we, we, uh, we were hoping to go for like a craft beer, and this beer is very cheap. Um, the <laughs> six, Hell yeah, The six-pack carton that it comes with, it's like nine I bucks. was holding it with like... Oh, yeah. Like support in the bottom because the box is so cheap that I feel like if you just hold it, it everything's gonna come flying out. That's righteous. Dude. But um, you know you don't judge you don't judge a book by its cover. You judge it by its flavor. All right, that's true. And uh, we'll see. That was beautiful, my man. Oh man, I got tingles. Uh, here, I'm gonna crack it open <laughs> the mic. Okay, so cerveza Mexicali. I think it's probably made. Oh, it's made in Baja, California. Yeah, it's and a product uh, of Mexico. We got this at the what's the store? The called? Rancho Market. Oh, dude, I fucking love that place. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's <laughs> my spot, bro. Yeah. What do you think? I got the broccoli and apples. <laughs> I, I love the Ranch that. Market, it's, it's dude. Dope. All right, so we we'll do a little cheers. Right. Cheers. There we go. All right, just one beer. I don't want anyone getting sip, drunk. One sip. One sip. I want to say right off the bat, we're not doing this beer justice because it's not that cold. Oh, it's, it's mine's kind of nah, cold. Nah, dude, I like them a little warm, baby. Yeah. Hmm. Um, first impressions? Um, very Corona-esque, but yeah, I was little, little, little dirtier. But I mean, by dirty, I don't mean bad. I mean uh, you could just taste it's a little darker. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, sure. it's um, it's light, beautiful, easy drinking beer. I would get it again. Yeah, it's not. I'm surprised. First time trying this, and uh, kind of Corona y, but it has yeah, like a little little taste at the end. That what was the price? I think it was eight or nine bucks for oh, a six for the price. I'm not sure about that one, bro. Eight or nine bucks. Bro, six, okay. in the in the fridge right there, there's a tapatio. Why don't you pull that out? It's in the door. <laughs> ah, my man. Thank you. You game changer right now. Yeah, bro. Tapatio on your fucking mehi beer. Oh wait, is this? I've never is this seen happening this happening right now. Yeah, 
It's like a Michelada. <laughs> Actually. Okay, so this is another one sip. So another let's one try sip. it. Yeah, you can ref- review it before and after with the with and without the tapatio, how it uh can how it affects it. Alright, here we go. I'm gonna drink yeah. some tapatio uh, Mexicali. Yeah. That's it's good. Yeah. No, so like you only put like three drops of the tapatio in it. I'm and gonna you try just, it. it. I'm gonna try it. Flavors it a little bit. I mean vaguely Michelada esque, but I mean, everybody puts chile and lime in beer, yeah. you know. I just don't have any limes, so. Next best thing. Yeah, but like, you know, chile and lime and everything, baby, from fucking broccoli to mangoes. Yeah. Oh, even fucking, you know. Every- so what would you rate it? Scale of like uh, one to ten. Let's see. With the tapatio? With and without. Ooh. Whoa. I like that with the tapatio. Mmm. So... In terms of differences to Corona, I, will I get this instead of Corona? I don't know. <laughs> because Corona is really easily available. And uh, it's sort of like a name brand thing. But I will say this. We want to support the underdogs, right? That's what I, the tape I know, but about. I do like the label of this. I like the artwork. I like the little sun on the bottle. And you know uh, what? I really, really like the tapatio thing because what I don't like about beers, and that's just my own preference. I don't like um like what you were saying before the darker flavor, like the the muddiness or the dirtiness. Yeah, I called it dirty. I like I like crisp beers, you know, yeah, like me too. And and the tapatio really just masks that that the dirtiness, turns it into a good boy. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm a sucker for fucking cheap ass beer, bro. Give me a fucking yeah. Coors Light and call it piss water. I don't give a fuck. It's fun. I'm a, it's just fun. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm big into Miller High Life's at the Fuck moment. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Even but that no. fucking high life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say, what's your? You go first, Caesar. What's your review? I mean, uh, based on of my own bias, it's definitely not a beer that I would buy again. <laughs> um, so I'd give it like a five. five uh, a six ten. because for the type of beer, it, it it being the type of beer I don't really like, I'm kind of enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving it like a six, you know? Six out, out of seven? seven? <laughs> out of ten. Oh. I was like, damn, that's a pretty high fucking grade, baby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm talking about how I don't like it that much. <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> oh, man. What about you, Thomas? Oh, I'm having so much fun with this beer. Um, <laughs> You know, man, because it's from the ranch market, which is like, that's me rancho, you know? Yeah. That's where I go get my groceries. I will go there and pick this up maybe once or twice. Um. I don't really drink beer too often, but when I do, it's <laughs> I, I didn't have anything after that. It was going to be so good, but I wasn't thinking fast on my speed. It's uh, Mexicali. And when I do, it's with the tapeworms. Yeah. No, it's the Mexicali. Um, yeah, but no, cool, man. I, I yeah. get this again. I mean, uh, you guys ever have Wolf Pups? That's typically my favorite. Oh beer. yeah, like the IPA ones. The Golden Roads, yeah. yeah dude, Golden Roads, I love that brewery, baby. Yeah, I like their mango. I like their melon. Oh yeah, you like the gelada stuff? Uh, well, that, I don't know if it's gelada one, but it's just like the cart melon cart. Oh, that's right, cart. that's right, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I I still haven't tried like a proper michelada yet. Not even in Mexico, dude. In, in I don't C- know what. Yeah. I, oh, bro, let dude, me tell I'm you a story. Him. Okay, keep going, bro. I, uh, I want to go check out the piramides with my cousins because some of my cousins are super close. And, um, you know, we're just pulling up. 
And you know how, like, even in L.A., you go anywhere, there's some dude selling tacos, someone just on that grind. Yeah, dude. In Mexico, it's no different. There was some dude just posted up a little table, had a bunch of fresh fruit, a bunch of beer, and he was just making you, like, a beautiful michelada, fresh out the fruit, like, fresh everything. Mm. And it was, like, one peso or something. Like, it was crazy. But He's so sick, dude. He was just out there on that grind. But, bro, and, and where was this at? Like, outside? Where? Yeah, right outside, like, before you go through the entrance and you have to pay and Oh, stuff. no way. So he it's, was like, posted up. Sick. And yeah. um, I went for a second time in December, and he wasn't there. So I'm thinking Dang. he might have told him something. But, I mean, I don't even like micheladas, but that was so good because it was you just fresh like fruit. I don't know why. Oh, well, you keep going about your fresh. <laughs> it was fresh fruit, delicious beer. It was it was good. What kind of beer? Uh, I want to say it was Coronas. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I mean, like, I couldn't even tell if, if uh, Mexican beer was cheaper in Mexico because everything was just cheaper. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, it's not <laughs> the fact that it's the beer. It's just cheaper overall. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Living expenses in CDMX. You can get a nice place, bro, for like a quarter of what you pay for that over here. So if like a place that's out here for four racks, you know, like you get, right. you know, top of the Hollywood Hills, fucking beautiful apartment, beautiful view, like three bedroom. You know, maybe that's even a little lower than what it would be in the Hollywood Hills. But you get that same view, that same like gorgeousness for like less than a rack in Mexico City. No, I, I yeah. was when we were um, we went to some really really nice place next to like some convention center, mm-hmm. and you you could see like you saw where the luxury apartments were in Mexico. Like yeah. you could just tell mm-hmm. uh, the people coming out with their beautiful little dogs, like just couples, like fresa they call yeah, it. Yeah, fresa. You could just you could just tell. <laughs> Um, and I asked my cousin, I was like, yo, like, how much are those apartments? They're, they're really nice. And she was like, oh, like, uh, in American dollars, like, 400 500 yeah. <laughs> They're, like, beautiful, like, high-rise uh, apartments, like, uh, right in the heart of the city. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, you wanted to move out there. You couldn't stop saying how you wanted to move out there. Yeah. Every, I mean, every time I visit another city, I'm always like, you know, this is it. Yeah. I'm inspired. Bro, but the music scene out there is so dope. Like, I would totally move out there. If I was somehow making me- American dollars... I would and be able to not live yeah. in LA. I would fucking Mexico City it up. Yeah, definitely. It's then the dude, the chicks out there, bro. <laughs> oh my god, they made fun of me so much because I am f- white as fuck to them. <laughs> even though I'm Mexican, even though you know raised by Mexican parents, you know both my parents are from Mexico, but I'm still like white as mm-hmm. fuck to them. But yeah. dude, they're so so pretty, so down, yeah, so honest. We were uh, in a bar. And like there was this one bartender. With, what kind of haircut was it? Like, oh, the, like the Chelsea cut. Chelsea cut. What's the Chelsea cut? It's just like that little indie rock girl, like or just the little like emo girl cut. Like oh got, hell like, a yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're all about that yeah. shit. And like we we're like Ramon. That this is Ramon. Oh yeah. Story if Ramon here. was here, the guitarist and the tape forms were yeah. like Ramon would be like in love with her. Yeah. But yeah. Dude, CDMX girls hit different, bro. <laughs> CDMX girls hit different. That's funny. That's true, man. But so. Yeah. I think I'm going to give this beer, Mexicali. You said... Oh, shit. Yours is red, bro. Hell yeah. You said, Oh, yeah. I kind of I kind of went with it on the uh, top of you. So you said six? Caesar? I give it a six, yeah. I'm going to give it a 6.3. Yeah, I'm trying I, to save my good-ass like rating for after we do this like 100 times. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? This beer was life-changing. This is a 10. Yeah. It's a good beer. And... Uh, I don't know if I'd get it again, but I, I like it, and I especially like it. I'm going to, even with the, with a Tapatio, without Tapatio, 6.3, with Tapatio, 6.8. Yeah, I'll give it like a 6.5 with the Tapatio. It takes away that flavor. 
Damn, yeah. bro. So I'm giving it an eight because it's from the ranch market. Yeah. Because it's Mexican like me. Well, you know what's what's funny about the reason we chose this one is because they, they did have some other like weirder looking beers. Um, but they only had two like in a little space tucked away, they had like two little six packs of this. Sick. Like, All right, like it looks like a little rare. Let's check it yeah. out. Yeah. That rare, bro. Yeah. Hip hoppers say that these days is like, oh, you got that rare? <laughs> And they're yeah. talking about like some Starburst that you can only get in fucking the in China or something, some okay. Chinese Starburst. Yeah. Oh, you got that rare? You, know. you got that rare. And this is that rare, bro. It's that rare. That rare. <laughs> that rare. Yeah, it's like like uh, trading cards or something, dude. So I want to know how did this studio come about? Like, it's so great, and I know you've been recording a bunch of bands, but what was that? How did the space? How did you get in? How did it get in your hands? So, uh, this building uh, went through some ownership changes, or I should say uh, leaseholder changes, maybe about three and a half to four years ago. Maybe a little earlier. Maybe I got my dates wrong. But, yeah, so uh, the guy who used to manage the building had this uh, big, beautiful room. It's got a huge upstairs. Um, He used... Well, where is my live room now? He used that as his main studio and the room we're chilling in, which is the control room now. He used that as just kind of a chill kickback area. Um, so he no longer was the manager. The lease changed ownerships, but they still wanted to keep it um, a music studio oriented building. So I got, I was lucky enough to be able to, you know, put the down payment on the room. Uh, and just just start it. So me and a friend got this room together. We both had our bands at the time, so we built this studio mainly to record our two bands. The one was called Pussy Jones, mm-hmm. which is still around today. Great band. And the other one was called Lefemra, which is no longer around today, but the singer is still doing her thing solo and she is called Femme and she is awesome. You should look her up. She's great. I've I've met her. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she's really really great. She's uh doing some pretty big things. So it's nice to know that that stuff comes out of uh, little places like this in mm-hmm. Mid City, you know. Um, but yeah, we built the studio around recording those two bands specifically. Eventually, those two bands, uh, you know, parted ways just like most bands do. And we just I I really love recording, so I just wanted to keep recording people, and then mm-hmm. that's what I did. I just you know. And you're really good at, like, the way you are able to, like, fine-tune just those little sounds and, like, really, I mean, you're a, you ha- it's great because you have a musician's background yeah. fr- from a, pr- from a producer's perspective. Like, you know that, and songwriting, too, like, when at our session, you're able to, like, just, like, give us little suggestions or tips of, like, that thing at the beginning of my mistake that, that build in, like... We wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. And it was just like, you come from this background of, of it's just like, you can really, uh, like, think about what sounds good and, like, execute it and, and literally just go in and tap a few buttons <coughs> and make it sound good. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of that stuff uh, came from not being able to do that well. So I spent, you know, I started really taking producing seriously producing other bands and such at about 18. And um, there, I was thinking too much, you know, my production weren't really coming out that great. 
But, you know, just doing it for years and years and years, you get better at it. And I found that a lot of the best things that make a song happen as accidents or as mistakes. And um, so a lot of times, you know, I'll try to keep the record button always on no matter what happens and make sure that we capture the little weird things like mm-hmm. a weird sound. And then, oh, that's cool. We'll use that as an intro or, you know, this weird scream in the background. OK, I'm going to take the sample and throw it in the verse and loop it. And this is going to be this weird abstract noise that's going to make the song, you know? So that kind of stuff really makes songs to me. Also just keeping the band comfortable and able to not feel weird about being in a studio. Yeah. You're, you're really good about that. Cause I, I think that was my first time like recording with someone that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I was definitely nervous coming in like, I feel like that's just natural for a lot of bands. Yeah. Like you're going in with someone, and then especially someone like I know that you have experience and stuff. And I was like, okay, well, he's experienced other bands. Like I was like, I wonder what he's gonna think about us. And you know, we're recording us. Are we gonna take too long? You know, does he not like certain things about this? Like, and so it, it does help when you help like record with someone, and they're like non-judgmental. And yeah. like the goal is just to get the best product while also you know, yeah, help bring your personalities out in the song. Yeah, yeah. when I was produced um, when I was younger. And I still choose, you know, for my own music, I don't like to produce myself. Sometimes I do, but I like to get other people to produce me for my own music. Um, I always felt that they took me to the next level. So I want to, you know, impart that feeling to everybody I produce. Like, take them to the next level of musicianship or professionalism or whatever it be. Just, like, make you feel like, oh, we did something amazing. And, you know, next time it's going to be even better. Mm -hmm. So this constant state of growth is what I strive for with all my productions and all the people I work with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When we were in here, it was just like, we felt, I mean, at least I felt like we were, we were able to knock out like the instrumentals for two songs, which I thought could never have been done. And we like, you just said, we, we got this, let's do it. And, and any sense of worry or like, uh Oh, like what's, what are we going to do? It was totally, I was totally just calm down. Like you, like you, we knew you, you, we were in good hands with no. you. And yeah, it was just, <laughs> he yeah. sedated us. Yeah, it was the incense. Yeah, it's the incense. Yeah, it's the vibes, baby. My yeah. vibes are like drugs. Yeah. This is good vibes. It was fun though. I had a great time recording the tapeworms. I can't wait till the next time. And you know, uh, we still have one song that we gotta add some, you know, random right. stuff on to make that, you know, bombastically great. Mm-hmm. And. uh even the next songs I'm stoked for whenever that day comes, and hopefully it's sooner than later. Yeah, totally. Um, so one one maybe last question. Yeah, go for it, man. Why music? <laughs> to be honest, man, I wasn't good at anything else, you know? I just sucked at everything else. Like, I got by in school just fine. I was plenty smart, but I didn't care about anything. And when I tried sports, I sucked. When I... I never studied in high school and I cuz and I'd always just do decently fair in everything I did. But you know, if I ever tried at something, I just kind of sucked at it. So, music was the only thing I was decently good at, so I was like, fuck it. I guess I got to do this. So, there was no other option for me ever. And it it, it shows because like you've really like it's it's like you've totally like set up this beautiful space and like you're in s- involved in all these projects. It's like 
wow, like, this really, you can excel at this, you know? Well, I mean, I look at it the same way as you guys. I mean, building the fucking, um, the wormhole. When I found out the wormhole existed a fucking, you know, a few blocks from my studio, I was like, fuck yeah, these guys are doing it just because they fucking want to. And mm-hmm. that's where usually dope shit comes out of and, like, fucking real honest shit is people doing it because they love it you know not because they want to be famous or just you know want to get girls but just because they want to mm-hmm. and i was stoked mm-hmm. to have a place down the street so when i was uh actually when i played at the at the wormhole the last time i had just gotten off the stage at the hotel cafe and there was a few like big fucking people that wanted to meet me I'm not trying to name drop or saying cool or anything but like I would. I was like, you know, guys, I'm sorry. I want to go play this show at this fucking random warehouse in Mid City, because that's where I want to be. You know, fuck all you guys that are just like yeah. sucking each other's dicks all the time. I want to go hang out with like some drunk kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. No. So I look at the yeah. same way, you know, as yeah. the, as a wormhole, and it's a beautiful place, and mm-hmm. hopefully, you guys can throw some more shows there. Any advice for like a, a young producer or someone who's wanting to get SoundCloud rappers? Yeah. yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously, man. You know? That uh usually is the demise of everybody. It's thinking you're the coolest or you know thinking you are the end all be all. Usually it's just res- being fun to work with is kind of what anybody looks for, no matter how big you are in the industry. You know, I'm not saying I'm very big at all, but everybody that w- wants to work with me wants to work with me because they have fun with me. And same goes with everybody I work with. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. if it's fun and it's cool and we feel like we're doing something awesome, then that's all that matters. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in typical Tapeworms fashion, we always end off with a song of our guest choice. So is there any <laughs> bands, any sounds, any songs you want to plug? Oh, you're asking me right now? Yeah. Um, let me think about this for a second. Oh, uh, Calypso by the War Toys, which is the band I uh, play with. It's got Colin Deathridge, Jordan Palmer, Stephen, I cannot pronounce his last name, and Trey Finley. And they're a dope-ass band. I've recorded their last record, and we're on our way to record a new one. It's uh, good stuff, boys. And girls.
thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tape Rooms Podcast. And as always, keep, keep it wormy. wormy. <laughs>